All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to another week of Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube. The show, as always, is presented by Betano, one of four NHL games. You can get it on one of those Monday Night Football as well. The game starts now at Betano.ca. I'm Tyler Uremchuk. He is not only Daily Faceoff hockey insider Frank Saravalli, but if you listen to the DFO rundown this morning, you would know he's itching to add tequila connoisseur to his title. No, it was a rough weekend. So, uh... <laughs> I was in the fetal position most of Sunday. Happy to be back on my feet today. Yeah, Frank is uh, he is ready to go from Philadelphia. So let's not waste any time. It was a spicy weekend on the ice in the NHL, Frank, and the Department of Player Safety. They have their hands full. Uh, we'll break down kind of everything we saw, but let's start with the Ottawa-Detroit incident. Dylan Larkin gets basically knocked out, and then David Perron, I mean, he gets the wrong guy, but he retaliates and throws a cross-check at Artem Zub. He's been offered an in-person hearing for the cross-check as well. Do you think this suspension warrants, or do you think this incident warrants an in-person hearing? That's the part I kind of struggle with, because I think when you, you go through this entire weekend, and these things are unrelated incidents, but kind of related in the sense that they are reactionary and responsive to things that happened on the ice before them. So does David Perron deserve a suspension? I think that is abundantly clear. That's a yes. Uh, you cannot cross-check someone in the face. And I understand his reaction here. He's not entirely sure, you know, what's going on. He sees his captain uh, face down on the ice, knocked out cold, and certainly looked like Dylan Larkin was in some serious trouble there at the moment. So I get 
why he's upset and why he reacts the way that he does. He cross-checks Zub in the face, who really did nothing wrong, was an innocent bystander here. You can't do that. Certainly over the top. But then when you consider the other incident, which we'll talk about in a second with Erica Branson getting a hearing as well for his reaction, taking matters into his own hands after a hit from Nick Cousins, David Perron has played 1,081 games in the National Hockey League. He's never been suspended once. Why does he end up getting an in-person hearing with the ability to suspend for more than five games? Why does Good Branson get a regular hearing? These two incidences, to me, are, are not really all that different. So let's roll the clip and, and show what happened with Good Branson as well. Yeah, so I mean, Nick Cousins hits him from behind, and then Good Branson, after staying down for a bit, jumps up, goes after Cousins. But then there was also the play a little bit later in the game where Good Branson goes right after him again and throws him on the ground. Frank, I'll be honest, and, and I mean, maybe I'm in the minority here. Maybe I'm flat out wrong. When I look at Perron, I go, okay, like you said, he sees his captain laying on the ice and he goes and retaliates. To me, I, I think the good Branson thing is worse because isn't that almost premeditated to be like, man, I'm going to get 100%. It's brutal. He was, he was looking for him, trying to find him, gets him and then just starts pummeling him with punches. Like they reviewed the hit and looked at it and it was a two minute minor penalty uh, for Nick Cousins. And I and personally, I agree with the penalty. If you watch and really break down and slow down the hit, he tries to get good Branson from the side and actually even takes an extra half stride to get there. The end result looks ugly. And I uh, again, I understand why good Branson is angry. He feels like he was just ran from behind. But he already got his pound of flesh in the moment where he pulls the Undertaker and gets up from the dead and starts hitting Cousins right then. But then later on, to get him again and then just start punching him in the back of the head while he's on the ice, to me, that that's my only point here. Does David Perron deserve a suspension? Yes, 100%. But should it be potentially two to three times the length as whatever Eric Goodbranson gets? That's the part that I don't really understand, and maybe we'll have to see that judgment played out, but that's where I'm at. Yeah, so again, for, for people who maybe don't know, just because it's in person, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't guarantee a long 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10-game suspension. It just gives the league the option. With Good Branson being a phone hearing, they don't have the option. Uh, another play that got some attention over the weekend, Frank involved Dylan Strome and Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor again, putting together a tremendous season for the Winnipeg Jets. He needs to be helped up off the ice after taking a knee from Strome. Is this one going to draw the attention of the Department of Player Safety? I don't think it is. Um, I hate these hits, though. Yeah, I agree with you. And I, I, there's not really any part that I like it about it. And you see um, Kyle Connor today getting an MRI while the Jets are in San Jose. And we'll talk more about the Jets in a second. But this is a tough look, a tough spot. Uh, Strom answers the bell right after in a fight. To me, I, I think the big thing for knee on knee and this five-minute major was upheld. I don't really see him changing his direction or position to then kind of angle and attack the knee. If that makes any sense, maybe I'm crazy when I look at it, but wherever his leg is, it just stays exact. I don't know. It stays exactly there. So I, I get that this is a five minute major, but I don't think at least at the moment that this is going to be added to the department of player safety's plate in terms of a hearing today. 
I said Dylan Strom. I apologize. It is Ryan, Ryan Strom of uh, of the Anaheim Ducks. So yeah, he was given the five minute major on the play. Maybe it's one of those where you go, okay, just getting kicked out of the hockey game, like you said, he had to answer the bell. Maybe just getting kicked out is enough on the play. But again, if you were to rank those, like none of them are good good plays at all. I'm not trying to even defend David Perron all that much, but like you hurt guys when you jump them the way Eric Goodbranson did. You can end guys seasons when you hit players the way Dylan Brian Strom hit Kyle Connor. Like, yeah, I mean, to be fair, Artem Zub could have had his jaw yep. shattered on the play. I mean, that, that part, like it, it's, yep. it's there. Yep. All I'm saying is let's see where this ends up on the scale of justice. But mm-hmm. I feel like what Goodbranson did and what Perron did are really not all that dissimilar. Fair enough. Uh, Let's stick with the Winnipeg Jets here. Again, holding their breath on Kyle Connor. But this is a Jets team that is absolutely flying high, Frank. They've flown all the way to the top spot in the division, a 16-8-2 record. I I know we talked about them a couple weeks ago, and I said, man, when you compare the state and how this fan base must be feeling right now compared to like four months ago when it was like there is a sell-off coming, like they're going to be sellers at the deadline if they don't move everyone in the offseason. And now... Should we be labeling them a legit cup contender? Mm, I don't know if I'm in the cup contender category yet, but what they've done this season has been incredibly impressive. They're in first place in the central for the first time in a calendar year. And this team has shown tons of fight, but what I love about their team to this point in the season is that they've also shown that they can defend. And that'll go a long way in terms of this team ultimately entering that conversation. Connor Hellebuck has been unconscious. His last 10 games played, so his last month of hockey, 7-3-0 with a 9-36 save percentage. Almost 94%. He's a workhorse. He's been a beast this year. But their team is really well-balanced, it feels like. There, there's You've got your stars, of course, the Connors and the Shifleys and the Morrisseys, who have been great. The contributions that they've gotten from Cole Perfetti and even Nick Ehlers probably having a bit of a down season, they're kind of well-situated. Nino Niederreiter's been in that conversation this year. He earns himself an extension. I like what I've seen from Winnipeg in terms of not just their ability to score and hang in the fight, but also their ability to keep pucks out of their own net. Hellebuck helps, but this isn't a team that's really ever in big trouble, it feels like. They settle in in their own end and are able to compete and play. I really like their blue line. I like that you pointed that out. It's not just Hellebuck standing on his head, making 40 saves every night to to help them win games. Like I like the look of this group. And then you mentioned the forward crew. It's balanced. They're scoring a lot this season. And, you know, again, beginning of the season, a lot of people maybe would have expected them to be sellers before the extensions for Hellebuck and Shifley. Now I look Frank and I go, man, if they could add one more centerman to the mix here, all of a sudden, they're looking like a real tough team to stop. I wonder if Shevel Dayoff is going to feel some pressure to add. I'm sure there's certainly a part of him in his own mind that's thinking maybe this team deserves to add. But I, I think they're a greater reminder when you pull up that lineup card again that when you look at their forward group, it's not always about the biggest, splashiest, sexiest addition. Look at Nina Ryder and, and the cost to acquire him at the deadline last year. Look at how Nemesnikov has fit into this team. Then you add in the growth that we've seen from Perfetti. And then Velarde's been good. And that trade from the LA Kings, basically adding an entire forward line. They've really beefed things up around the rest of that group that it's not so reliant on their stars, which I think has really helped them. Let's move along. I mean, the Jets have been wildly consistent. Two teams in the West who have been anything but consistent on the season as a whole. 
It's the Wild and the Oilers. They are turning things around. The Oilers win their seventh straight game on Sunday. They continue their dominance on this homestand. The Minnesota Wild, they are they keep clicking along as well. And Frank, I remember when we talked about the Oilers right in the middle of November when they were struggling. You said if they can just get to 41 points in 41 games, and I think we even had the same conversation about the Wild, like survive the first half, get 41 in your first 41, and then charge in the second half. Frank, there's a chance by the time the calendar flips to 2024, both these teams are back in playoff spots already. It might not take till game 41. Yeah, I think both these teams are going to be better than 500 before Christmas hits the way that they're playing now. And we can talk about the Oilers and and the dominance that they've had in the last few weeks. Having McDavid play at the clip that he's been at, their power play coming to life, outscoring some of their mistakes, getting way better goaltending from uh, Stuart Skinner. That's been a huge part of it. But What's been really impressive to me, and and we talked about this when the Wild made their coaching change, Dean Evason out, that, you know, one of their big things was, you know, take a look at a guy like Matt Boldy. And he had 31 goals last year, and he's a big part of the future of this team at age 22. He really struggled before the coaching change. They make the coaching change, and all of a sudden, look at Matt Boldy since then. I mean... It's kind of wild how, I guess, wild, pardon the pun, but six goals in seven games for a guy that's just come back to life. Um, that's been incredibly impressive. So the Wild have been really good. They're five and two in that stretch. The Oilers, as you know, you mentioned, have won seven straight. Um, I just think both these teams, with the way the West is shaping up, the wild card spots are sitting right there for them to reach out and grab. Yeah, you look at Minnesota. I mean, they're six points back of wildcard one, which is the Nashville Predators, and they have two games in hand on the Preds. Like, it's very easy, especially with some head-to-head games coming at, at, at points this season. You can make up those ground with a, that ground with a couple of timely victories. So we'll see if those two teams can stay hot and up until the holiday break. Uh, Frank, it is a Monday, which means we're playing a little fair or foul. I got a few things I want to tee up for you, starting with... The St. Louis Blues, they traded Robert Bortuzzo over the weekend. And if we get a peek at what their blue line looks like, Frank, I'm going to go ahead and say the Blues are not done trading defensemen this season. Fair or foul? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ooh. Um, 
probably fair, hmm. but we know what happened with Tory Krug and that no trade. Obviously, they'd like to move one of their other guys that has a no trade. Their top four guys that you see here, Letty, Pareko, Krug, and Falk all have the no trade. Um, they had been trying to move Scandella for a while. Scott Perunovich is a guy that I really like, uh, the Hobie Baker winner that has had his career just be in absolute fits and starts because of the injuries that he's had. If he can get going and get some confidence, that would make it a lot easier for them to move out a guy. But really like, um, really like Bortuzzo, the, you know, getting him to the next destination. He was kind of languishing along one of only 16 players in blues franchise history that had played 10 full seasons with the team. So nice that they were able to get him to the Islanders. It looks different, clean shaven, uh, on long Island, but, um, I think it was a nice gesture for them to, to move him to a place where he could play again. Toronto Maple Leafs dealing with an injury between the pipes, Frank. Um, you're looking at Martin Jones as their third string. He doesn't have great numbers in the American league. He came up, didn't have a great game in Toronto, uh, back at the NHL level. The Leafs need to beef up their goaltending before the deadline. Fair or foul? Uh, foul. I mean, we, you know, we're thinking probably a matter of weeks with Joe Wall, right? Not a crazy period of time. This is a perfect opportunity for Ilya Samsonov to find his game again. This is a guy that last year had great numbers. The two sides didn't get married long term uh, with the way his contract situation played out opening the door for a change at the end of this year. But in a contract year, he's going to want to go into that feeling good about himself and his game with Joe wall, getting the bulk of the starts that wasn't necessarily going to happen. Now he's got a window to run with it. And I like Martin Jones in this spot. This is exactly why you have him as a third goalie. I know his numbers weren't great in his first game, but he played 46 games last year for the Seattle Kraken. There's no reason why in spot duty, Martin Jones can't give you league average goaltending or somewhere in that neighborhood, which is really all you're asking for of your third guy. Last one I got for you. Evgeny Kuznetsov. This guy likes being in the headlines a little bit, and we've seen his shootout attempts. Frank, he's not afraid to get a little uh, creative, slow things down. We got this play during uh, the Capitals game the other night. Are you giving this a fair foul? I like the joke from our friend Nick Alberga. I mean, Wayne Gretzky better start charging rent to Kuznetsov, but is this good puck possession or is this just, a situation where dude move the puck fair or foul on Kuznetsov ragging it behind the net, man. I'm I'm curious to get a take from our guy, John Goyans, who's coming up in the coach's room, but I don't have any issue with him waiting back there until someone's going to pressure him. If not wait for them to make a mistake, wait for them to come to you and leave someone open. Like what's the point in skating around? I, I hate the guy that skates all the way around the perimeter and doesn't move the puck because he's trying to make something just sit there and wait. Um, to me, that's how I look at it, but having the puck, uh, and, and waiting for the right opportunity to arise is certainly better than trying to chase it down. You know, the other team can't score when you have it. The old work smarter, not harder, I guess. Eh? I guess. I mean, I it's, it is certainly a weird situation, but until they pressure you and make you give it up, why not just keep it and try and find someone? Uh, you mentioned John Goins. He is coming up with today's edition or this week's edition of the coach's room. Let's get into it. Coach's Room, as always, is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25, all caps on NATION25. John Goins from TSN690, he does color common 
Terry for the Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket. John, what did you think of that Kuznetsov play? Would you be screaming at him as his coach? I'm glad we're going to tackle that because what did uh, what did I come up with? Trap goals. He's in the trap, right? And what's it do to the peak uh, to the five on five defensive zone coverage? It gets everybody collapsed. It gets the goalie not uh, to not have the ability to really scan the ice in front of him. He has to peek over his shoulder, and then all of a sudden, what t- technique are you going to use? And and then it affects their depth. I prefer it because to Frank's point, there are guys that just circle the wagons, circle the wagons, and all of a sudden you play with fire by bringing it all the way up to the offensive zone. Players got to read off that in one poke check and it's a rush going the other way. So you work so hard to get it so close to the net. At times teams shoot themselves in the foot, pulling it so far away from the uh, scoring area, which is the slot where 78 to 82% of all scoring comes from. I love that insight, John. Uh, Let's get into our big topic for the day though with you. It's the Buffalo Sabres. I mean, this is a team that, not just Sabres fans, but I think hockey fans in general were really excited to see potentially take a step forward this year. Hasn't happened. They're 25th in goals scored. What is holding back Buffalo's high-flying offense? Well, I agree with you. I think everybody was expecting them to take that next step. Uh, Offense is not bailing them out right now. At five on five, yes, they're ninth uh, in goals for. They are 25th in goals against. So right off the bat, that is a red flag. And expected goals over the last two seasons, 26 and 28. The slot. At the end of the day, the slot is just a big struggle for them. And I believe that their defending is what's holding back their uh, their offense. So when you take a look at that offense, like what numbers do you have to support um, the spot that they're in and and why they've struggled from an analytics perspective? Well, again, I think it always comes back to the completely the other end of the ice because you. it's funny, they actually don't spend that much time in their zone, but it's what they're giving up. And I feel strongly, and having covered their game on, on Saturday night, I feel strongly that their defensive uh, lackluster play in the slot is leading to them not having that same swagger offensively. They are near the bottom of the league in anything defending the slot, whether it's passes to the slot, inner slot shots against, uh, slot shots against, uh, forecheck shots against, uh, off the rush, all that stuff. And right now they are 29th in the league in on-man rushes against. So when you're constantly having to track in such a way and you don't have a certain buy-in, buy-in excuse me, at uh, five on five in your own zone, it will eventually affect your swagger at five on five. So let's look at how the slot and especially the D zone has been a struggle with these next few clips. So right here, they got full possession. You don't want to panic into a rim. You just give a little bank, but they panic into a rim and look at the gaping space right here. There is no urgency from Skinner, Thompson, and now it's Middlestad. And again, there's just this slowness about them. Here, versus a four-check, they've got good numbers, they've got good sport. They get bodied, no problem. Middlestad's got to get out of the crease. And you can see the gap between Middlestad and Thompson. Puck goes way up in the air. Look at this. What do we hear from coaches? Play till the whistle. You don't play to the whistle? What's wide open again? The slot. It's like they're standing around expecting somebody else to get the job done. Five guys collapse, no problem. Looks like they're playing box plus one. 
But the problem is Gosses Bear smart. He drags them out of their defensive zone coverage. It creates numbers. It creates space. And Owen Power doesn't tie up. Coaches go bananas when you don't box out, pick up sticks. Versus a set breakout, this can't happen. Doesn't matter. You play a one-two-two, one-three-one to give up a breakaway off versus a set breakout is inexcusable. But again, here's their neutral zone. Huge gap. Huge gap between their one, their F1, F2, F3. Now it's a three versus five. They've recovered. No problem. Watch again. All the focus on the puck. What opens up? Bang. Slot. They lose the net front uh, battle. It's just too loose right now. Way too loose. Five on five isn't the only area they're struggling in either. Again, if we're going to talk about a lack of offensive production, they're 25th in power play percentage too, John. What's been going wrong on the man advantage? I mean, they were a top 10 power play last season. Yeah, they were ninth on the power play last year. And currently right now, they're slot shots on net 31st on the power play. They are 29th in inner slot shots. They are 28th in slot attempts. And their controlled entries sit 28th in effectiveness, getting over the blue line with possession. So what I notice, especially against Montreal, 0 for 6. You lose that game in shootout and you go 0 for 6, including a power play in the final minute that bleeds into overtime. Right there, that could just all of a sudden kickstart maybe a good uh, you know, trajectory for your team. Their last 10 games, 3-5-1, and one, excuse me, 3-5-2. and two. Overall winning percentage this year, 446. They're on track for 36 wins instead of 42. But their power play is not bailing them out. And as we roll these clips, we're going to see why. It's a lot of one and done. However, even though I sound super negative right now, I do think they aren't that far off from moving forward and why? start putting these pucks in the net. Just because the skill, the skill is there. And it's up to them to kind of like, you know, whether there's a disconnect with what the coaches are selling, I think, and I've always believed this in power plays, we as coaches can present, but at the end of the day, it's about building a partnership with the co uh, the players. They have to have insight. These are the best players in the world. That way they go out and they have ownership over the power play. And when they have ownership, watch out. They're going to set the world ablaze with their power play. So here... They're just too often they get three high, like super, super high. Caden Gooley flexes out. Again, now what's wide open? Clear two-on-one. This should end up in the back of the net, but give Caden Primo a ton of credit. He was really good. Again, three versus three high. What do you have? Two versus one down low. They don't execute those options quick enough. And what happens? Now you've got a three-on-three -three down low. So that element of catching them off guard, the PK that is, it's not there. Again, three on three up high, what's available? Two on one down low. Benson's got to be more inside dots when he catches this and stop reloading the puck up high, reloading, because now that's a hope shot. It leads to a great chance and a hell of a save by Primo, but it's a hope shot. You hope someone tips it. You hope you get a rebound. Off a zone, uh, offensive zone win, three high. They're actually four high. And teams are just shading over on Thompson a ton. So what do they do? Down low attack, unnecessary spin from Jeff Skinner. He doesn't need to spin and box out anybody. He's got tons of space. Again, we see a team, Charlie Coyle, just shadowing Thompson like crazy. So what, what happens? You're going to give up space. Owen Power has to attack the high slot. 
This is, again, a bit of a hope shot. You hope it gets through. You hope it gets tipped. And it's just too, too far for it to be effective and lead to anything legitimate. Again, versus three coming up high, you got a two-on-one. And this is why these last couple of games, there are these flashes where this puck should or would typically end up in the back of the net. Interesting stuff, John. We'll see if the Buffalo Sabres can find a way to get back on track and get back into the playoff mix in the Eastern Conference. You can find them on Twitter at Gourmet underscore hockey. You can find them here every Monday with the Coaches Room. Thanks for doing this, John. Thanks, guys. Daily face-off inbox question. Frank Saravalli, hashtag AskDFO is how you can send them in. I'm looking the Philadelphia Flyers. The boys in your backyard, Frank, are playing some unbelievable hockey. They're almost they're, they're 30 games into the season. They're sitting in a playoff spot. Our friends over at moneypuck.com have them at a 49.4% chance of making the playoffs. Give me your Frank Saravalli percentage, though. I think that sounds about right. I'd say it's probably somewhere I'd shade it closer to 40%. But I have this mantra going into the season, and it has to remain true at this point. Whatever happens in the first three weeks of the year, you can kind of take it and throw it out. But once you get to like six weeks, you can almost set it in stone. And I don't think this Flyers team is going anywhere unless they attempt to dismantle some pieces from it, which I guess is possible. But I don't see them cutting off their own legs here. They're in a playoff spot. They're, they grind teams down. They work extremely hard. I think you have to at least consider the Flyers as a real authentic playoff possibility. Did I think that they'd be in the spot? No chance uh, ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes. Seven points clear of the Pittsburgh Penguins. No, I did not have this on my bingo card, but they've been one of the real pleasant surprises this year with the way that they've played. John Tortorella teams will always seem to work hard. And like you said, seven points up on Pittsburgh, but just three points separating the second-place Flyers and the sixth-place Carolina Hurricanes in the Metro. It is a very, very tight division. Uh, let's move along to our Botano Daily Bets for the day. The game starts now at Botano.ca. Frank, I just got one play today, but it is a shot prop parlay that I absolutely love. Matthias Michelli and Pierre Engvall, not two guys that are really known for being snipers or anything, but they have been volume shooters as of late. Pierre Engvall of the Islanders taking on his former team in the Leafs. He's hit his number in five games in a row. And for Matthias Michelli, these are his last five games. Five four, one, five, and three. He's hit it in four or five and crushed it in those games as well. I like playing these two together, and it's the juiciest shot prop parlay I've done all year at plus 172. Give me Michelli, give me Engvall, both over one and a half shots. And that brings us to garbage time for today's show. Mr. Saravalli, what do you got? I wanted to give a little love to Jonathan Quick of the New York Rangers, who, by the way, speaking of the Metro, are running away with the division. They could have this locked up by February at this pace, that's how head and shoulders above they've been ahead of everyone else in their own division. And a big reason for that is whenever they've had to turn to their backup in Jonathan Quick, he's been unreal. No losses in regulation so far this season, 8-0-1 with a 9-22 save percentage. And I'll be the first to admit as he beat his former team in the Los Angeles Kings on Sunday night that I thought his career was over last year. I thought that was it. You were the extra guy on the Vegas Golden Knights. You win a Stanley Cup, your third Stanley Cup. And with his stats last year and the way that he looked, 876 save percentage in 31 games with the Kings, 
before that surprising trade, I thought, that's it. Great career, probably even a Hall of Fame career. But at age 37 or 38, how many guys really turn back the clock? And I was kind of thinking that the New York Rangers dropped the ball here. Chris Drury has a strong connection with Jonathan Quick, two Connecticut kids. Um, they get it. Uh, obviously, there's a trust factor there with Chris Drury bringing him in. And I just thought they probably could have made a better bet when it comes to someone finding their game again. But it turns out he's been a great guy to stand behind Igor Shesterkin. And frankly, one of the great stories of this year is Jonathan Quick's renaissance as he closes in on his 38th birthday in January. It'll be a nice 38th birthday. We'll see if he's still without a regulation loss at that point. Garbage Time is brought to you by the Wendy's Daily Face-Off Survivor Game. Frank, how long did you make it last week? I was out on day two, so I'm not even saying this. To I made it on. to Thursday. Ooh, three days in for Frank. I, if you're watching right now, it's open this week. Today, a fresh one, a new chance to win some great prizes from Wendy's, like their chicken strips and French toast sticks, which you can order at Wendy's or on the Wendy's app today. I am going with Colorado over three and a half goals. It is not even the most popular pick either. 33% of people are throwing their week on Dallas to beat Detroit tonight. That's so play along daily faceoffsurvivor.com. What do you got, Frank? The stars over the wings tonight. Stars get a win. Win uh, Stars money line is what you'd call it, and that's where I'm at. All right, there you go. Play along, dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Big shout out to everyone in the YouTube chat today. Drop a like before you close your window. Big shout out to John Goins for the coach's room, our producer, Gavin Turnick, Pat Puff on the graphics, and you, Mr. Saravalli. I'll chat with you again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. <laughs> All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now 
at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.